98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Alex Price. The headlines. The chief executive offers little new to demonstrators. Michael Tien says Beijing wants the whole affair dealt with before October. And police investigate a wounding case after three people suffer knife injuries in Chengkuan O. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, has offered little new to assuage the concerns of demonstrators after the government was urged to take advantage of the relative calm following Sunday's huge but peaceful rally. Mrs Lam has been widely criticised for disappearing from public view during the ongoing saga. At a press conference this morning, she said that she and other top officials are ready to reach out and talk to people directly and are working on a dialogue platform to find a way out of the impasse, comments she also made early last month. We will start immediately a platform for dialogue with people from all walks of life. This is something that we want to do in a very sincere and humble manner. I and my principal officials are committed to listen to what the people have to tell us. And we want to reach out to the community as soon as possible. Mrs Lam dismissed calls for an independent inquiry into the saga, saying the Independent Police Complaints Council would hire overseas experts for a fact-finding study to give the government recommendations on how to move forward and avoid a recurrence of similar incidents. It is not just fact-finding to provide the sequence of facts, it also will provide the government with recommendations on how to move forward and also to avoid the recurrence of similar incidents. Roundtable lawmaker Michael Tien says he has heard from a reliable source that the central government has set an early September deadline for the crisis here to be resolved. He said Beijing doesn't want 70th anniversary National Day celebrations on October the 1st to be overshadowed. He said now is a golden opportunity for the government to take action before the next mass rally scheduled for the end of the month. Mr Chen said the government should meet at least the first two demands of the protesters to formally withdraw the extradition bill and to set up an independent inquiry. The central government's patience will run out. They are not going to take the risk for unrest appearing on television throughout the world on October 1st. So that leaves only two options. Either the chief executive move forward with Article 14, which is to request help from the PLA, or central government unilaterally start the procedure on Article 18, which is to declare that we are in an emergency state and therefore national laws apply, in which case it gives them the authority to send in the uh, army across the border. The government has been urged to take action over phone checks by mainland immigration officers at the border. Civic Party lawmaker Kwok Kaki said he received several complaints from people who've been asked to unlock their mobile phones so officers can check for protest-related photos or messages. Dr Kwok said this is illegal and infringes on the freedom of speech. I have already written to the Bureau of Constitutional and Many Affairs asking the Secretary, Patrick Mip, to look into these particular uh, cases. They need to clarify with the mainland authority and ask the authorities stop doing so because it is actually infringing the freedom of speech and freedom of opinion in Hong Kong and actually it is again jeopardizing the relationship between Hong Kong and Maine. It doesn't do any good to both sides. 
A lawyer and author says the government missed an opportunity to conduct an inquiry and learn lessons from the Occupy movement of five years ago. The 79-day movement was triggered by calls for political reform and saw hundreds of thousands of people occupy streets in various districts. Anthony Diparan, author of City of Protest, A Recent History of Dissent in Hong Kong, says many of the same issues have resurfaced in the current anti-extradition protests. It really is quite surprising. I mean, any government that had the centre of their city brought to a standstill for several months and, and, and all the issues that arose out of the Occupy movement, including behaviour by police, including the alleged involvement of triad gang members at the time, including the disillusionment of the younger generation of Hong Kong, all these issues have been resurfacing again in the last couple of months. And it's just really surprising that a government encountering those issues five years ago didn't want to learn why they had occurred and how they could be resolved. And that was, I think, a major lost opportunity on the part of the government. Police are investigating an attack at a Lennon wall in Chernquano early this morning in which three people suffered knife wounds. Video appearing to show the attack has been widely circulated on social media. It follows another incident last month in which two people were punched at another Lennon wall in Kowloon Bay. Dozens of such walls, which are covered in pro-democracy and anti-extradition messages, have sprung up in urban areas over the past two months. Timmy Song reports. The incident occurred by the Lennon Wall in a pedestrian tunnel near Kenham Estate around 1.30am. According to a witness, a man in his 40s became agitated and started arguing about a wall with three other people before attacking them with a meat chopper. The witness said the attacker then fled towards Chongming Court. Police say a 24-year-old man and two women, aged 26 and 35, suffered knife wounds. The younger woman had more serious injuries and was taken to Queen Elizabeth Hospital for treatment. Officers say they seized one chopper at the scene and another at Chongming Court. The case has been classified as wounding. The social media networks Twitter and Facebook say they've uncovered a Chinese state-backed misinformation campaign designed to sow discord in Hong Kong. The companies said that they'd blocked or suspended accounts originating from the mainland. Here's Sean Kennedy. Twitter said it suspended 936 accounts originating in China, while Facebook said a tip from Twitter led it to remove a network of pages, groups and accounts originating on the mainland. It said these were involved in what it called coordinated inauthentic behaviour. Facebook believes these were part of an influence campaign focusing on Hong Kong. Facebook says those behind the campaign used deceptive tactics, including fake accounts, to pose as news organisations, spread content and steer people to news sites. The New York Police Department has dismissed a white officer whose use of an illegal chokehold whilst arresting a black man, Eric Garner, in 2014, contributed to his death. The police commissioner, James O'Neill, said although Daniel Pantelio could not have set out to harm Mr Garner, he had maintained the chokehold despite obvious distress. The unintended consequence of Mr Garner's death must have a consequence of its own. Therefore, I agree with the Deputy Commissioner of Trials legal findings and recommendations. It is clear that Daniel Pantaleo can no longer effectively serve as a New York City police officer. Mr. Garner's repeated dying cries of I can't breathe triggered outrage and helped fuel the rise of the Black Lives Matter movement. Daniel Pantaleo has not faced trial over the death. 
The Pentagon has announced the test of a medium-range cruise missile weeks after the United States withdrew from the Intermediate-Range Nuclear Forces Treaty, which banned such nuclear-capable weapons. The test, off the coast of California on Sunday, was described as accurate, and the Pentagon said the results would contribute to the development of such missiles. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has written to the President of the European Council, Donald Tusk, repeating his call for the Irish backstop to be removed from the EU withdrawal agreement. The backstop is an insurance policy designed to avoid the return of a hard border in Ireland after Brexit. Here's the BBC's Nick Eardley. The Prime Minister says the backstop has to go and should be replaced with a commitment to agree alternative arrangements, technology-based solutions. Downing Street sources have made clear that the Prime Minister is open to discussing alternative assurances on the Irish border, other ways of reassuring Brussels that will not be a return to a hard border. It could open a door, ever so slightly, to potential compromise. But Brussels is unlikely to act swiftly, with the Irish Taoiseach Leo Varadkar stressing in an hour-long phone call with Mr Johnson that the withdrawal agreement will not be renegotiated. The presidents of France and Russia have taken widely differing positions on the policing of recent demonstrations in Moscow. Ahead of talks at his summer residence, Emmanuel Macron called on Russia to respect democratic principles such as the freedom to protest. He said Russia should abide by European values. But President Putin said nobody had the right to incite violence. Citizens have the right to peaceful protests in accordance with the law and the authorities must ensure the implementation of these rights. But no one, neither the authorities nor any groups of citizens, have the right to violate the existing law. The Sri Lankan president has appointed a general accused of war crimes as head of the army, drawing sharp criticism from the United Nations and United States. Lieutenant General Shavendra Silva commanded a division in the closing stages of the civil war against Tamil separatists ten years ago. Here's the BBC's Charles Haviland. General Silva denies all accusations of involvement in alleged war crimes. But in 2015, a UN human rights investigation found that both a hospital and a United Nations facility were shelled with cluster-type munitions as his army division fought to regain territory from the Tamil Tigers. The current UN human rights chief, Michelle Bachelet, said she was deeply troubled by General Silva's elevation to army chief as it undermined reconciliation efforts. The appointment by the increasingly hard-line president, Maitripala Sirisena, comes just months before presidential elections. The Democratic Republic of Congo says it plans to offer Ebola vaccinations to more than 60,000 traders who regularly cross the border with Rwanda in an effort to stop the spread of the disease. The health authorities in Rwanda have also ordered 100,000 doses of the vaccine. Here's the BBC's Gaius Kowene. DRC has been using a ring vaccination strategy. Epidemiologic surveillance teams identify people who have been in contact with a confirmed Ebola case and offer them vaccination with the aim of interrupting the chain of transmission. However, logistical challenges and community resistance have not made that approach easy. The first case in South Kivu province confirmed just last week was in fact a woman who had traveled home from the city of Beni hundreds of kilometers away despite being under surveillance following Ebola exposure. And now, with a look at the latest sports news, here's Joanne Wong. Starting with football, and... He steps up and he's saved! Patricio to his right-hand side! It was nowhere near the corner, at a nice height, as they say. Pogba denied. 
Manchester United were held to a one-all draw against Wolverhampton Wanderers after Paul Pogba's second-half penalty was saved by Rui Patricio. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's side took the lead through Anthony Martial's second Premier League goal of the season in the first half, but Ruben Neves equalized for Wolves shortly after the interval. United were gifted a chance to go ahead again when Pogba was clipped on the ball by Connor Cody in the Wolves area, but the French midfielder's effort was brilliantly denied by Patricio. So why did Pogba and not Marcus Rashford? Rashford took the penalty. Rashford scored from the spot against Chelsea last week. Here's United manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. The two of them are designated penalty shooters. And last week, uh, Marcus was confident enough to go up. Today, Paul was confident enough. And um, that's just a, a decision they've uh, made out there. Same as they did last week. Uh, last week, it went well. Today, it didn't. So, so that's football. Cricket and an expert in sports-related concussions says Steve Smith should never have been allowed back out to continue batting after being hit on the neck during the second Ashes test at Lord's. Smith was struck just below his left ear by a 92-mile-an-hour bouncer from England's chauffeur Archer. But after passing initial concussion tests, he was allowed back to continue his innings just 40 minutes later. However, Dr. Barry O'Driscoll, former medical advisor to the International Rugby Board, says the tests cannot rule out concussion and the risks are just too high. It is a very bad advert for the game to let a player like that come back out again. If you have got a suspected concussion or a concussion, your reflexes immediately are slowed and interfered with. You're more likely to get another blow to the head or neck or chest. And the second time that you get this within the same sort of uh, game, the damage done is worse and it lasts longer and you don't know the consequences that are going to be after that. So it's imperative the committee and sport group uh, meets every four years and where most sports now will follow a saying that, that it, with a suspected concussion like that, there is no way you should come back. The side of Smith's rod on the ground after the sickening blow evoked unpleasant memories. It's only five years since Australian Philip Hughes died after being similarly struck in the neck. Since then, helmets with neck guards have been developed, but they're not compulsory and some players, including Smith, prefer not to wear them. Here's former Test cricketer Nick Compton. I think it's vital that we do keep the risk, we keep that level of excitement because that is why you play the game. But I think it's absolutely vital that uh, authorities, uh, medical staff, etc., get the balance right. You know, if a player has been struck like Steve Smith was, he went off the field, clearly there was something wrong, and perhaps that needs to be administered with a more stringent hand. Meanwhile, England have named an unchanged squad for the third test at Headingley. And that's your look at sport. Thanks for joining along there. And now to end the news, a reminder of our topic stories. The chief executive offers little new to demonstrators after Sunday's peaceful protests. Michael Tien says Beijing wants the whole extradition affair dealt with before October and police investigate a wounding case after three people suffer knife injuries in Chengquano. The news from RTHK.
the free.